Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. It was 3 a.m., and I was stoned in an Amsterdam hotel room, and the BBC's coverage of the Queen's death could barely be heard over the sound of the pouring rain, and I was laying on the chest of a Russian man with a French accent teaching me dirty words in all six languages he spoke. And at the end, he turned to me and with a big sigh said, Are you excited to go home? I was leaving Amsterdam the next morning. I was leaving my three months in Europe. And I immediately said, yes, because I was excited to go home. But the part I didn't say was that I don't know where home is. Maybe I was less excited to go home as to find home. Because that is why, well, one of the many reasons why I went to Europe last summer trying to find home. And I knew I was going to do this podcast. I knew I had to talk about home, this theme in my life in the past couple of years of figuring out what home is, where home is. And I think so often many of us are lonely. There's this great quote that no, of course, I can't think of right now what the word was, but it was a word that means longing for a place that you may never return to or never existed at all. And I think about that often, about how many of us are lonely in our homes, lonely for home that doesn't exist anymore, maybe our childhood home, maybe an ex, maybe an actual place, or maybe we are longing for something that never was. And I wonder sometimes if that's where I'm at. There are so many wonderful things in my life about not being rooted to one place. I specifically chose a career where I got to help people for a living while also being able to travel. But that means I'm never rooted. I'm never grounded. I talk a lot on this podcast about not getting the life that I thought I would have, the life that we were promised growing up, that if you were a good person and you do the right things, that society will give you this life, this white picket fence and the two kids in the yard and the dog and the partner, and I didn't get any of those things. And those are the things that make us feel grounded into a place. And so with me being somebody who doesn't have roots, I think at some times I'm looking for roots. I'm looking for a place that is home. And part of going to Europe was trying to figure out if that was the place for me. In 2019, I just had this deep calling, this deep knowing that I was supposed to move to the Netherlands. I felt it so deeply. Yes, I had been there several times, but never had any feeling about it. And then all of a sudden it was like 24 hours a day, this pit in the base of my stomach and a pull. I have never felt so tethered to anything in my life as this feeling like I have to move to the Netherlands. And I got rid of 60% of my belongings 
I sold a bunch of things. I gave a bunch of things away. People thought that perhaps I was committing suicide because I was giving away so many of my belongings and I had to promise them, no, no, I'm just going to be moving to another country. I was so convinced that that was the right thing. I'm still convinced that that was the right thing until COVID came and changed all of that. During that time when I couldn't move, I changed and I started to realize that maybe perhaps I would go and visit instead of completely moving, that maybe that wasn't necessarily home and that I was finding home where I was and I didn't want to give that up. Getting rid of 90% of your or 60% of your belongings, getting rid of all that energy, all that stuff allowed new things and new people and new energy to come in my life. And I was feeling more grounded in bend. And yet I still longed for something else. So I went to Europe last year for a number of reasons. And one of them was to figure out, is this home? Is there a place in Europe that would be home? And I think I put too much emphasis on that and I stressed myself out of trying to figure out every city that I went to in Europe, is this home? Does this feel like home? What feels like home in Europe in a way that doesn't in America? And there were things, there were parts of me that felt so much more home there, alive there, right there, creative there. And yet there are things about Oregon, there are things about being here in America that feel right and true and perfect and settled and rooted as well. There is this great quote that says, you'll never be home again, not completely. Part of your heart will always be elsewhere for finding happiness in more than one place. And that one always gets to me, that if I fall in love with places in Europe, that just as much as I have fallen in love with the place that I live in Oregon, will I ever truly find home if I go back and forth? And I've thought about starting to spend, you know, now I'm looking at spending three months in Europe every year, but am I going to move that to four? Am I going to move that to five? And then at that point, will I be having two lives? It's something I'm deeply looking at and thinking of as I have friends in Europe that I will be going back to visit. There's a whole life there in Europe that doesn't exist in Oregon. There's a whole life in Oregon that doesn't exist in Europe. So which one is true, right? Do I exist in both? Do I exist in neither? These are the things I think about when I'm going to bed at night. I don't know what you're thinking about, but these are the things that are on my mind, this idea of existence. And can you exist in two places at once or do you simply exist in neither? Something I'm looking at. And what does it mean to be home? And that's why I wanted to do this episode. What does it mean for all of us to be home? I wanted to make sure that I wasn't overly controlling things last year when I went to Europe. I really, I flew out and I had just my plane ticket there and back and the first two hotels and that was it and everything else I figured out as I went. And that was both perfect and horrible all at the same time. I'm not necessarily doing it that way again. I'm planning things out a little bit more this time because it was so much for my nervous system. But it did allow me to go to places that I hadn't been to before I hadn't expected to go to. I hadn't had any desire to go to. And one of them is the first place I will be going when I go back in June. And that is Belfast, Ireland. There is no part of me in the entire world that ever thought I would go to Belfast, Ireland. Like what the actual hell? Who wants to go to Belfast? Not me. 
I didn't even plan on going to Ireland. I was literally uh, five weeks into being in the Netherlands and standing in front of a church, and it was so sunny and beautiful the entire time I was there, and all of a sudden clouds rolled in and wind picked up that, like, gorgeous, creative, mysterious wind, like in the beginning of every good fantasy, mystical novel or movie. And it just started picking up the broken, crackling leaves. And I just felt this wave come over me and this like voice in my head that said, you need to go to Ireland. There is more healing there for you. And I was like, that is the most ridiculous bullshit thing I've ever heard. I'm not fucking going to Ireland. Nope, I plan to be in the Netherlands the whole time until I saw my dad in Croatia. Like, nope, I have a plan. This is what I'm doing. And luckily, my best friend, Lindsay, was like, nope, you promised to listen to everything the universe wanted to tell you. And if a voice said, go to Ireland, you're going to Ireland. And I just walked around for an hour going, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. And I thought, God, how would I even get there? What would I even do? And then just right then a plane flew overhead and I hadn't seen a plane in the whole five weeks I was there. And I was like, yeah, duh, obviously I would just fucking get on a plane. So I called Sean the next day and I was like, hey, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to Ireland. And had some of the most life-changing, extraordinary, mystical experiences that I ever could have imagined. I think I've talked and some TikToks and things before about just spending so much time just crying while hiking through Ireland. Like people are like, you go okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just crying through some stuff. I don't even know what I'm crying through. Maybe it's not even my tears. Maybe it's my ancestors' tears. I don't fucking know. I'm just sobbing. And people are like, good for you. Keep going. Trek along. And I was trying to get to the coast down to Cork in Ireland and nothing was working. There was no trains. I couldn't find a hotel. I was so frustrated, frustrated. My best friend again said, what's easy? Go with the easy route. I was like, no, nothing is easy. There's no place I can go but Belfast. She was like, then you're going to Belfast for the weekend. I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do there? I'm going to feel so stupid and there's going to be nothing there and blah, 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 right? Ego, ego, ego. Story, story, story. Place I've never been. And I stepped off the train and Belfast had the most amazing experiences. If you watch my TikToks, I talk about the men that I met on the train and going to a pub and them playing Galway Girl from P.S. I Love You for me and the whole bar singing Galway Girl to me. And what an incredible experience that was that I'll never forget in an old Irish bar with live music. And every part of Belfast felt like home. But what does that mean? What does home feel like? I hope as you're listening to this, you're thinking about home for you. You're thinking about what does home really mean? What does it feel like in my bones? And that's what I was trying to figure out. This place I've never wanted to go, this place that I have thought almost nothing about in my entire life. I mean, all I ever knew about Belfast was the IRA and bombings. You know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. I just... But being there, walking around the town, it was a grounding feeling. It was a relaxed feeling. It was the synchronicities of every single thing working for me. It was the feeling like hours passed while I stared at a building and having it only be minutes. It's the people that came up and talked to me. It's the people who shared with me. It is all those things that just felt like magic, that just felt like I had been here before. 
Not that I had just been here before, but that I had loved this place. It brings tears to my eyes that I had loved this place and that this place had loved me. And that makes absolutely no sense. My ego was going, this is fucked up. This is stupid. This isn't real. This, you know, trying to explain it. Logic, 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 right? That's what the ego's job is. And nothing was logical. I just felt so at home, so at peace. That's where I met a new friend who said, hey, do you want to go with me and 16 of my closest friends on a, you know, we rent some boats and we take them down the Shannon River in the middle of the country and we basically go from town to town bar hopping for the weekend on places you can pretty much only get to from the Shannon River, these tiny, tiny towns. And I just said, sure, and had the most incredible time. He was from Dublin, but I met him in Belfast and we are friends to this day. So just watching the synchronicities are so many times we are not opening ourselves to looking at the synchronicities, looking at the way the universe is making things to come together for us. Even saying Belfast, I felt there like I had said it a trillion times, even though I probably, before I've been there, I've maybe said it four times in my life. It just felt right coming out of my mouth. And I explain that because I'm wondering if any of this resonates with you of places that have felt like home. Maybe the place that's felt like home forever is the place you currently live. Maybe it's the place you grew up. Maybe you're still in the home you grew up in. Maybe that feels like home. Maybe a place feels like home that you have only seen on TV, that you've only read about in books, that you've only heard about other people going to. And that feels stupid. It's not stupid. Maybe it means something. You're not stupid for seeing a National Geographic's episode once about some place far, far away and just feeling a call in your gut or a call in your heart or a tingling that feels like it's in your bones, like glitter under your skin. Don't ignore those feelings. I'm not saying you should move there tomorrow, but notice those sorts of things. And maybe you're sitting here and you have got some other feeling of what home feels like. At the end of my trip, I started my trip last uh, summer in Amsterdam, and it was a really beautiful experience. I'm not necessarily, I'm not doing it this time as I did last, but starting my three months in Amsterdam and for a week and just feeling out of sorts and what's going on and nothing is familiar and I'm really confused and I'm jet lagged and I'm fucking terrified. What am I doing? Nothing makes sense anywhere. I'm going. And then to come back three months later and spend a week there. And there had been a man I had been talking to on and off throughout my whole three months. And we had finally met up that last week there. We've been, you know, talking on and off and WhatsApp and he had been traveling and I had been traveling. So we never got together and just how interesting it was to come back to Amsterdam and to feel home and to come and finally see this person that I had spent all this time with felt like a coming home that I we had talked so much to actually finally meet him in person and get to experience what it was like to actually be around him and not just talking to him over WhatsApp. I understood Amsterdam in that second week being there after three months in Europe, in a whole new way. Not only the city, but myself. It was this beautiful coming home in a short version of coming home, right? Three months. Who was I when I arrived in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam? Who was I when I left? They were very different people. 
And I saw the city in such a different way. I understood the layout of the city. Places where I thought I was lost all of a sudden made perfect sense as to where I was. And I felt home for the first place since I had in Belfast. I went to wonderful, amazing, beautiful places all over in my travels, but this felt like home in this gorgeous, romantic, just walking around made my eyes well up with tears. And it'll be interesting to go back because I don't know, was that truly feeling home or was that familiarity? I talk a lot on my social media about how something that feels like home can be a bad thing because sometimes home is just what's familiar. That if you are with a partner, you meet a partner who feels like home, but your home life was unhappy, your home life was abusive, your home life was lonely or tragic, that that is not always a good thing. So checking what does home feel like? Is home a good place? Is it just that it's familiar? And so I wonder if, I mean, Amsterdam is a truly exceptional city and it speaks to me in so many ways. I, I always loved in um, Eat, Pray, Love, uh, the Elizabeth Gilbert book. She has a whole part about cities that have words that just feel like they're on the tip of the tongue of everybody who lives there. Like they all just know this collective word that the city represents, right? So like Paris would be romance. Venice, Italy might be sex. So I always liked that and thought about the places I've lived or the places I've been and what those might be. I always think to myself that San Francisco would be innovation. You know, Portland would be like nerdiness, right? The town I live in would be recreation. And I think of Amsterdam as provocative, (laughs) If you know me well, you know that that's probably a really good way to describe me too, because I, my sense of humor is provocative. The things I talk about is probably provocative. So maybe that's the right town for me. But I also wonder, is it because it finally just felt familiar because we grasp onto things that are familiar. So be careful of that when you're also thinking about home. Is it just that home is something that is familiar? And, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I don't know. This is not a episode with answers. This is an episode with questions. And this is an episode that is vulnerable for me to make because I'm realizing, I'm telling you, I don't have the answers for some of these things, knowing full well that you may be the one with answers. You may be the one screaming at the radio right now or screaming at, you know, into your, into your earbud saying, I have the answer. I know what home is. I know what it feels like. I don't know that I do. They say that home is where the heart is, right? Some of you may be thinking, oh, well, home is where the heart is. Well, my heart still belongs to a five-pound Pomeranian who has moved over the Rainbow Bridge and now exists in a place where I can't yet follow him. That's where my heart lives. So what do I do with that? So many of us will say, oh, my heart lives where my parents reside. What happens when your parents pass? My heart lives with my partner. Home is where the heart is. My heart is with my partner. Okay, what about when your partner passes? Or if you get divorced or you break up, is that still where your heart lives? Is it safe to put your heart in another person? Your children, they grow up, they move away, they need you less, they communicate less. Some children stop communicating with their parents. 
Is that the place to truly put your heart and to say that this is where my home is? I don't know. I don't know if we can put our heart in a person. Like I said, my teeny tiny person doesn't exist in this reality anymore. And that is still where my heart is. I can't make that my home. I can't make him my home anymore. It was interesting moving into, if you're watching this on the podcast, excuse me, you're watching this podcast on YouTube, you're saying, you know, as always, I'm in my office in the house that I purchased last year. And although it is an extraordinarily lovely and wonderful house, I adore and I'm so privileged to be able to own, it was very hard to settle into it. And I thought for a long time, why? Why don't I feel home here? Why doesn't this feel right for me? I did remodel it for a very long time and I had a horrible, arduous remodel, but that wasn't it. And I realized, I think along with Shauna, I realized that it's because Zan, my dog, is not here. And he and I have moved, oh my God, probably seven, eight times in the 15 years he was alive. We moved all the time, but everything felt like home because he was there. Because it didn't matter where we were, we were together. And so that was home. And I have moved so many times. I have moved for work. I have moved for school. I have moved for relationships. I've moved because I've moved towards something. I've moved because I've been moving away from something. But I always had him. Or I always had a purpose for moving. A reason. And now I sometimes don't know what the reason is other than it feels right that I'm searching for something. And, you know, the other thing I'm sure many of you are screaming out right now into this podcast is that home should be inside yourself. This is the other thing I get told all the time when I say I'm looking for home. I'm trying to find home. A lot of people say, but you've made a career in the town you live in. You've, I've been here for five years. I have friends. I have coworkers. I have deep, deep connections here. But are friendships a safe place to put your home, your roots? Friendships change. People change. Coworkers change. My job goes with me. I know that people will say, home is inside yourself. And I believe that to be true. In fact, I here I have this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see. But if you're listening to this podcast, I have this card in my office. I love to find beautiful, thought-provoking, interesting cards, um, like sort of mystical cards. And now I get postcards and things from a lot of my travels, and I put them up in my office. And this one is this sort of old-fashioned woman walking, and she has what looks like a turtle shell on her back that she's sort of wearing as a backpack. It's a mystical sort of look. And coming out of the end of the turtle shell are all these white stars. She has teeny tiny little antennas on top of her head, and the rest of her is just dressed in old-fashioned garb. And I just love it. And I, as I was sitting here thinking about what we were going to be talking today about on the podcast and about home and about how people always say home is inside yourself, that you should always be able to find home in you. I looked at that card and I just thought how how much that's what I want to be. That maybe that quote about if you love two places equally, you're never actually home. That wouldn't be true if I could have home inside myself. And I do believe that to be true. I don't think it's just a little fancy thing we put on a piece of wood and we buy from Hobby Lobby or Michael's and put up in our kitchen. I I do believe that to be true, but 
that is a very enlightened experience to have your sense of home be inside yourself. And it is definitely something I'm working towards, but I get really frustrated sometimes. And I think you must as well. There's so many cliche things that might be true, but they're hard to actualize. They're hard to actually do. Like I fucking hate the whole, you know, stop caring what other people think of you. I mean, fucking yeah, but it is next to impossible to do. We can get better at it and we can get better at who we care, what they think of us and what we don't, but we are community-oriented animals. We are pack animals. We care what other humans think of us. That is just in our innate nature. That is in our survival, right? And then we grew up in culture that has expectation around that. So just saying, oh, well, you should care less about what people think of you. Yeah, that's a great thing to say, but who can actually do that? And I, although I want to grow towards that, but I want to grow towards always feeling like I'm this woman here with my turtle shell on my back that just spews out my own stars. Sure, I want that, but I'm not there yet. And I don't know if I'll ever be there. It is a very, very high vibrational, enlightened place to be. And I don't know that this is the lifetime I get there. I don't know very many people, if any, who are there, who are just truly home inside themselves, no matter where they are. Like, I want to look at those people and be like, you truly feel home when you're sitting at the DMV? Right? You're truly home when your body is in pain? You're truly home in that uncomfortable situation at the holidays with your drunk uncle? Are you truly at peace and at home? And I know there are people that are. That is not me at this point. I think that is not most of us. So although when I talk to people one-on-one about this feeling of home and trying to find home, and they say, oh, but just your home is inside yourself. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, thank you. But until I find that, until I'm actually able to do that, until I am able to travel alone and just know that I am home wherever I am, that I have me and therefore I have everything I need. I'm getting close. I mean, I do travel alone and I am never, ever lonely. I think that is that first step that when I am alone, I live alone. I I was going to say for all intents and purposes, I work alone, but we know Shauna, so we know I don't really work alone. And I see clients, so that's not working alone. But, you know, I make TikToks and um, IG alone. And, you know, I work on my craft a lot alone. I live alone. And I travel alone. And I am so privileged and lucky to not feel alone during those things. But do I feel completely at home everywhere in every situation? No. And that's okay. It's where I'm at right now. I think most of us are nodding along with this and saying, yeah, that's not necessarily where I feel home. I also struggle with severe head pain, severe headaches. I think that also doesn't help me feel completely embodied in my body. I think there's an escapism one does when they're in constant pain. So maybe that's it. I'm not sure. But there are other kinds of home. There are the homes we have with our pets. There is the home we have with our garden. There's the home we have with our people. There's the home we have in our home. The home we have in our memory. The home we have in a place. And I think that's 
the second place I'm working on home. Maybe the first is inside myself. And the second one is, is there the place that feels like home? The one place where I'm just going to feel, this is it. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it will be multiple places. Maybe Belfast will always feel like home. Maybe Oregon will always feel like home. Maybe California, where my family lives, and I spent the first 30 years of my life, will always feel like home. Maybe it's Amsterdam. Maybe eventually I meet a partner who can't move around as much as I do, and he and where he lives will feel like home. I leave that open too, that I may live in a country that I never expected to live in because my partner is at home there. He has made a home. Maybe he has roots that I don't have, right? Maybe he's a rooted tree somewhere and I can just sit on one of his branches and feel the rooting in that he has. I don't know. So this is what I'm thinking about right now. And I wanted to share it with you because I wanted to give you an opportunity to really think about what is home for you. Person, place, thing inside yourself. What is it for you? I love you. Have a great day. Are you a woman out there who has been doing her inner work for a while? You've maybe been going to therapy or listening to these podcasts or reading the books, doing the actual work it takes to heal yourself, and you're looking around and noticing that you are lonelier and more isolated than ever, that doing your work means that it does sometimes create distance with others. Think about joining the Sisterhood Group Coaching. I designed it so that women could come together and be supported with like-minded other women when sometimes our family and our friends, our children and our partners aren't as supportive as we would like them to be and as we deserve for them to be. This is a place to come every month and get that support and see the people who are doing the work, learning from each other, teaching each other. You deserve that. And this is a place where you can do it.